Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change I'm learning to love who I am I get strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the new while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outweigh. Amy here and... It's Need a Week, National Eating Disorder Awareness. And it's crazy that it's estimated that over 30 million Americans will have an eating disorder in their lifetime. That number just seems incredibly high, but I'm one of those millions and millions of Americans. And as I always like to say, especially for new people listening, I am not here as an expert. I am only here to share my experience to share resources, and maybe even just help one person not feel alone in their journey. Because a life without disordered eating outweighs everything. That's why this podcast is called Outweigh. And Nita Week's often, I'm pretty sure always maybe, the last week of February. So this year, 2023, it's starting on Monday, February 27th, and it's ending on Sunday, March 5th. And... I, I love Nita. I love their resources. It's a great organization. They're going to be spending the week focusing on all kinds of things, experiences of people, eating disorders, educating people about all the things. And I encourage you to check out their website for info, for tools, for support, for helplines. Their website is nationaleatingdisorders.org. I'll link it in the show notes. And thankfully, I've been in recovery for three years now, but it's an ongoing process. And some of you may not be there yet, but you're curious, you're, you're trying to figure it out, or maybe you're listening right now because you have a loved one that has an eating disorder and you don't know what to do to support them. And something that you may not be aware of, um, which is another 
crazy stat is that in the United States, eating disorders are the second most fatal mental illness, surpassed only by opioid use disorder. And this is why educating ourselves and others about the dangers and the causes of eating disorders are imperative. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just is. It's, it's imperative for, for us to have, have this info. And the most important thing I want you to know right now is that recovery is possible and it's possible at any, any age. I was around 13 or 14 when my eating disorder started and it took me until about 38, 39 years old to finally get into full recovery. And some people recover early in their disorder. Others, it may take decades and decades and decades. I get emails to our Outway podcast email from, from teenagers. I get them from moms who are worried about their teenager. I get them from people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. <laughs> I've heard from so many people that have been dealing with an eating disorder, whether it's them, themselves or a loved one. So anyway, recovery is possible, um, but have compassion for yourself or for your loved one that you know is struggling. Everyone is doing the best that they can and recovery takes time. Now, if you're a loved one and you're experiencing anger uh, or any other big feelings or emotions because it's, it's frustrating at times, that is totally understandable. I know that my loved ones experienced all kinds of feelings during my eating disorder. However, I would say sharing this with your loved one could impact their recovery. So find some outlets for your big feelings. Talk to close friends, maybe even join a support group or talking to a therapist is always a good idea, no matter who you are in this eating disorder equation. If you have access to therapy, do it. Start researching therapists that specialize in eating disorder recovery today because therapy takes time. I mean, something may not even click for you for a couple of months. Like say you go every week for, you know, six to eight weeks, it might finally start to, to get somewhere. So it takes time, but therapy definitely can help. So don't put it off if, if you have access. I remember having such mental distress during my eating disorder. And like I said, I know I caused so much stress for those around me. So self-help is crucial for everyone involved. And I'm going to share a handful of mental health self-help ideas for you to keep in your back pocket. Um, the first one would be mindfulness. If you're wondering how to deal with triggers, mindfulness is something that has definitely helped me. And that's, you know, as simple as me going on a walk, leaving my environment, getting outside, leaving a building where I might be having a thought, leaving my home and going outside and looking at things, touching things, smelling things, hearing things, tapping into all of my senses and then doing some breath work at the same time and then noticing how my body is responding. So really stepping away, putting yourself in a different environment can help switch that and then you can go into mindfulness from there, um, notice the beauty around you, which lead, leads me to the next thing is keeping a gratitude journal. It's sometimes hard to notice all the beautiful things around us or the things we have to be thankful for when we're focused um, on our eating disorder, which honestly can occupy a lot of your brain space. Don't feel shame in that. I've, 
I've been there. Everyone's been there. It takes space, but gratitude can help dig you out of some of those thoughts. A gratitude journal can help remind you of what's in your life right now and find it in the small things, maybe a pretty sunrise or sunset. That can help you find the joy. My 12-year-old son is so good at that. He loves sunsets. He loves taking pictures of them. He notices every single one. He notices cool clouds. And so I learned from him. I'm like, oh, wow, he's yeah soaking up the little things. I guess we we get used to seeing clouds all the time. So we don't notice when when they look really cool. And your journal can also help remind you of the good times when you're feeling low. So that's why I think it's good to document things, write them down. I actually helped create a four things gratitude journal that we made through our Espoir line, which Espoir means hope in Haitian Creole. All proceeds go to education in Haiti. That's where I adopted my kids from. And it's an awesome tool. So if journaling is intimidating for you and you want to guide and you know you want it, you want to be reminded of a way to do it and four things, it's not very overwhelming at all. We even have fun stickers in the back for the days you don't have words. So that might be an option for you, fourthings.com. Or maybe you have an old journal sitting around that you can open up and start practicing gratitude there. Start with just one thing a day and build up to two things, three things, four things. Um, focus on sleep. A good night's rest is closely tied to a good mood the next day. Sleep is so important. I prioritize sleep more than anything in the world right now. I used to prioritize working out and eating clean all the time, whatever clean means. Like in my disordered days, it's just, that's all I cared about. And now I can go to bed and sleep totally fine if I, you know, ate, who knows, I ate whatever foods and I didn't work out at all because I know how important sleep is. And also my mind is at peace with certain things. I don't have to stress my body out anymore. And try to set your room up for success. I now try to keep my room really dark. I try to not look at screens an hour before bed. I got these special light bulbs that are amber colored that I can turn on my light, my nightlight or my, what, what is it called? My lamp on my bedside table so that um, I can have a light on and I can do things in my room to get ready for bed, but I, I have, you know, I'm protected. Um, my, I'm setting my brain up for success and helping with melatonin production. See how you can set your room up for success and that way you can get better sleep. Soak up uncomplicated relationships. This is a, another way to care for yourself And for example, my relationship with my cat is very uncomplicated. Like I don't have to talk to my cat. I can just cuddle with her. And same goes for my dog. They have unconditional love. They have acceptance. And spending time with pets, if you have them, is a great idea because it lowers stress. It brings us joy. And caring for a pet is another way to give you a goal that you can complete each day, which some people definitely find helpful in eating disorder recovery is caring for things, having goals, taking the focus off yourself. Also, enabling your creativity is a great way to care for your mental health. Activities like drawing, painting, puzzles, crocheting. I've never crocheted, but I know that that's huge for some people. What these things do is they keep our body body busy. It keeps our mind focused. Projects are a huge source of joy, especially if they turn out as you planned and you're you finished something, like you started and it looked one way and then voila. Like I love the way I feel when I complete a puzzle. So find something that you enjoy like that and go to it when you're feeling stressed or worried or sad. And those are just five things 
that you can do to care for yourself and your mental health. And I just want to say too quickly before I wrap, if you're here because you're curious about whether or not you have an eating disorder or disordered eating behaviors, Mental Health America has an eating disorder test that's up on their website. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. But this test is not something, I want to be clear, it's not something that can diagnose an eating disorder, but it can help you understand where you are. So I think that looking into where you fall with this screening tool could be very, very helpful. And my hope is that during Need a Week, more people are just exposed to resources that can help them and that we continue the conversation because it can be hard to know where to start if your loved one has an eating disorder or they're showing symptoms or signs. But starting the conversation is key. And I just want to send encouragement to any family and friends out there because you're vital to the recovery journey. So just keep that in mind and know that there are resources out there for you too. It's not just for the people that have the eating disorder. So I'm sending hugs to everyone listening. You're not alone. And I hope you get the support you need. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 